Welcome to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? You're listening to The Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. Welcome into the hockey show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief, aka Ryan Brandell. I am Pat Boyle. Was all ready to start this show. Get all excited about two come from behind victories by the Blackhawks. Get into a little Bedard Fantilli talk with you, and uh, you forget to put your mic on. On. There we go. Both buttons were on. Both, both buttons were on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wake up this morning, and my wife says, uh, Chief's at urgent care. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not at urgent care. Yeah. Uh, if anybody follows you on Twitter, I'm sure all the stoolies do, and yeah. a lot of Blackhawks fans, uh, you had a little thing going on. A little mishap. A little mishap. What, I'm just what a, happened? I'm just a passionate guy. I, I had a, uh, you know, I love, just like I love the Blackhawks, I love... Uh, Nottingham Forest uh, soccer EPL. Who they doesn't? Play, who doesn't? doesn't? Every, a team everybody knows. And so they were playing Liverpool today. And you know, Nottingham Forest is the worst team. They're in dead last. They got this relegation threat. It's unlike any pressure I've ever felt because it's like your games aren't even on TV. You can't even be a fan once they go down. So they needed a win. They got a win. I surprised myself with my own athleticism. Jumped out of out of my shoes hand right through the light fixture on the ceiling fan blood everywhere glass everywhere crime scene horrible but made for a great video and so (laughs) when i was rinsing it out i was like you know that little white thing in there that's the bone so this is probably this is a pretty bad cut and uh so went you know right down to urgent care the doctor was a was a Barcelona fan too. Really? Okay. Yeah. So that was like you know I don't know if that's good or bad, but but got some uh, got some care. Did he seem like he knew what he was doing? Yeah. Okay. And, and right, he's like, "You doing all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just really embarrassed, but I, I'm I'm doing just fine." Yeah. Thank you. So how many stitches? Only three. So three Only point three three points for the win. Uh, three point three stitches a stitch per per point. I feel great about it. So I'll do that trade all day long. So if if a win, a surprising win by yeah. Nottingham sends you to urgent care and three stitches, how the hell did you get through three cups in six seasons? Well, that it, that was just a lot easier back. Now it's like things are so bad. Right. I was doing like what what appendage would I give up for another cup? And it's like would I give up the tip of my pinky? Would I what would I, what would I do? Oh, and geez. and I don't want to actually say that I would actually do it because. Big Cat has made, you know, my my boss, like one of the founders of, of Barstool, has said, like he does like a pinky bet every year. Yes, he, he, does. T- he takes a he takes a team in the NFL, being like, ah, I think they're dead. If they win the Super Bowl, it caught off a pinky, and then it got close. I think with the Texans and the Titans a couple times. So it's not something I would say lightly because that is one of those things where it's like Barstool will make us do it. Like, yeah, you know, it'll, right. And the internet right. will pressure us into it, so right. I don't want to like it'll say be live. It, but I was kind of doing those calculations, like if I'm willing to get stitches for a, a game in October in the EPL, what would I do for the team I care most about? It, it's 
Yeah. It's significant. Well, okay, so yeah. and this all falls in line with the new workout regimen that you have going. We'll get to that later in the oh, show. I'm I gonna actually, be so jacked. I you you really are. <laughs> yeah, I am. You, I mean, there's yeah. no excuse. Yeah. Wait, once you hear the logic behind this new workout situation that Chief is going through. All right, I let, appreciate Mrs. Boyle checking in though. Yeah, yeah. Mary was, Mary was like, uh, co-host, I don't know if he's going to be there today. <laughs> I'm like, he's a freaking uh, hockey guy. He better be there. Stitches, just a couple I mean, of stitches. Yeah. Duncan Keith lost seven chicklets and missed a shift and a half. Yeah, I think I, I would have missed less time than Duncan Keith. These stitches, I, I was in and out of there yeah. just as soon as well, I could stitch them up. Let's not even yeah. pretend that yeah. this is anything <laughs> close to what Duncan experienced yeah. in the Western Conference Finals against the San Jose Sharks. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, mm-hmm. Chiefs playing hurt. Let's start this show properly. I can't type it. All right, here we go. First penalty shot of the season for the Hawks, and it's taken by newcomer Andreas Athanasiu. Proud on its feet. The speedster Athanasiu bides his time. Shot, score! Hawks are on the board in the home opener. Probably a good thing to get thrown into a game and start seeing a lot of rubber. Murphy scores! Connor Murphy, we are tied! Short-handed magic for the Hawks, are you serious? Raymond began the three-on-three portion for Detroit. He's back out there now, but he coughs it up. Max Domi for the win. Scores! Hawks win in OT! How about that for a home opener? How about that call from Chris Vosters on NBC Sports Chicago? I texted him last night. I said, the Chris Vosters highlight reel began tonight. I was just going to say, you took the words out of my mouth. I want to hand out an attaboy before we get the show going. Those are good goal calls. Very good. Those are very good. Nice job. Fun atmosphere at the United Center last night. It's always great to beat Detroit. Yep. Detroit came in, had not lost in regulation uh, this year. To come from behind, two goals down twice. And, again, how about the the shorthanded goals? They've got three shorthanded goals. Well, they're playing aggressive. They are. They're playing aggressive, and when you create turnovers, and, and you know, naturally on a power play, you're going to try to cheat. You're going to get sometimes four forwards on the ice. They're going to be up the ice. If you can turn the puck over, you're going to have opportunities, and they're cash on it. Like, this is not going to last forever. No. But in the helter-skelter beginning of the year, I love the way that they're uh, attacking the other team's PP, and it's and it's pr- providing results. So now I want to ask you, and I want to ask Blackhawk mm-hmm. fans out there, by the way, 312-332-3776 is the phone number to get in touch with us here on the Hockey Show. Um, I'm a little conflicted, all right? Okay. Because... I, I buy into the rebuild. Yep. All week long, I talk about the rebuild. I, I check in on Bedard and Fantilli and, you know, go meet with the Hawks. And, uh, you know, I get big picture. I get where they're at. Mm-hmm. Then game time happens. Yeah. Okay. And then they win in San Jose. And then they beat Detroit. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, yeah, I, I like that. But then that kind of is a conflicting thought with what we're thinking when they're not playing, which is rebuild get top pick, that kind of thing. Yep. So I came to grips with something on the way out last night. I said, you know what? I'm going to live in the moment when I watch this damn team play. And, Thank you. And I'm Don't gonna, apologize for wins. Right, Don't right. apologize. Because there's nothing guaranteed if no. they finish last. It's an 18.5% chance. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, so here's the thing. I'm going to say they're not going to finish 
with the worst record or the second worst record. If they do and surprise me, so be it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to I'm going to in the moment enjoy what I'm watching. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my you know what. I, just, I also just think that like there are lottery gods. And yes. if you are blatantly tanking, the lottery gods will smite you. And I just I want good habits, I want good energy, good effort, guys playing the right way. And you're seeing that and in this time of year and you're we said before the show you're kind of seeing it across the league. Some of these teams that we were not expecting to be that competitive are, take, are picking off teams like Colorado and Pittsburgh and some of these teams that are like the traditional powers. And the Hawks certainly fall into that camp where it's like, hey, like they're 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 playing hard, they're they're competitive, and they're taking advantage of other teams' mistakes, and, and they look great doing it. So yeah, I'm with you. I had a great time watching that game last night. I thought I thought the broadcast was fun. You guys and, and Darles is coming up in a little bit. That had a lot of energy. Like Sharpie on the call, Foster's with the goal calls. It was like, hey, like this is what it feels like to have fun being a hockey fan again. And all I care about is is the team well coached and do they play hard? And they are certainly that uh, early in the season. I, I you know, I'm, I already told you I'm a fanboy for Luke Richardson. Oh, but he is handsome. <laughs> is he, he is. a handsome? He devil? looks like Don Draper behind he, the bench. He there. was, and last night he went with the vest. Yep. Oh, it's a good look. And, and we call we I called him out on the post. I said, looking sharp there with yeah. the, the tight vest game. He goes, I told the boys, there's been a lot of good wins in this thing. Don't mess it up. So Ooh. he must have wore that one in in Montreal when he took over behind the bench in the Probably. bubble. Probably, yeah. And it's so just it like has some good mo in it. That's and that's a hard look to pull off. I feel like oh, in the yeah. year twenty, you got to be yeah. chiseled, yeah. and he is. So yeah. Richardson, I mean, take off the Superman suit and just go put on, you know, wear number six or whatever. Get it back out there. So he looks, he looks like he could play, and he's. I believe in that guy. I think they nailed the coach. Absolutely. Uh, so the only the only thing that's that's a little bizarre is you got two wins in a row, five mm-hmm. goals scored in San Jose. You know, Juggernaut. Th- yeah, and, and Kane doesn't have one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not don't fire the the sirens and, mm-hmm. and the, the cannons and you know total hit the panic button here. But uh, on that game winning goal by Domi last night, it, you know Patrick is trailing. You can hear on the broadcast the Beaver tap. Oh yeah, yeah, he like, wanted it. Yeah, yeah he definitely. And, and I think we have the the, the clip, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it is one of those things where it's like I. Whatever the situation is, I don't want a guy who just defers to Kane. No. Make the right play. Right. And look, that was absolutely the right play. He drops it there. All of a sudden, the defender becomes part of the equation there. So here was... uh here was Max Domi last night on uh, not seeing Patrick Kane on that game-winning goal. Um, you know what? I, I'd be lying if, you, if I said I saw Kane. If I saw him, I'd probably give him the puck. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just kind of, I don't know what I picked off there, but saw some open ice and kind of knew I was going to far side of so, it, you know, it's always been uh, trying to find the chemistry, the guy mm-hmm. that has the chemistry with Patrick Kane, and obviously Alex Dabrinkit had it. Obviously, it took him a while though. It did. Yeah. It did take him a while yeah. because I do think, like we heard from Domi there, everybody defers to Kane. Right. You know, you just kind of like that's eighty eight. Yeah. Like he's and, and he's on the ice yeah. and and you know and sometimes and, and that was one thing that Patrick appreciated about Alex mm-hmm. and he said so at the end he was like he doesn't always give it to me right verbally and he might verbally, though yeah yeah. yeah. So that that is in the and I would say Dylan Strom went through that process and it was really I, I do feel like after that third cup where they kind of dismantled everything the only guy that came in and was instantly soulmates uh, with Patrick Kane was Panarin. Sure. Everybody else that they had tried 
it it either didn't work or it took some some time and some maturation and time away from Kane and then coming back to him uh, before it worked. So I hope that maybe this is a thing with Domi where he's I, I've liked his game so far. Uh, he was great last night, especially at the faceoff dot, thirteen to seventeen. So and that's that that's didn't that's not something I thought he had in his in his bag of tricks. Uh, so that was good to see. So if he can play a natural center and, and be competitive at the dot and competitive in his own zone, he's a competitive guy. Like yeah. he like he wanted to scrap with uh, who was the guy under Troy's Samuelson last night? Yeah, who was just a guy eight like inches a foot, on him, foot and yeah. a half taller. So he, I like that kind of energy, and and I think that those two will will figure it out. We'll see what happens with the as the year goes along. But yeah, Domi, he he's a guy that he's a he's a confident guy himself. So I I hope that he's not a, a deferential guy, and he can step in, and and then they can ha- kind of have a respect level where they just like playing together. What have you liked so far from the uh, young Blackhawks season? Sam Lafferty stands out that third line, the penalty kill, goaltending has been great, but now the first bit of adversity for this team. Uh, Peter Morazic is out with a groin injury. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that on the other side. Scott Darling joins us at the bottom of the hour. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to the Hockey Show on the AM at 1000. On the FM at 100.3 HD2. On your phone. Through the ESPN Chicago app. Welcome back. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. Our phone number is 312-332-3776. We are here every Saturday, 1 o'clock, to talk pucks. I think we're on at noon next week. Yeah, I saw that. Little that switch, little, yeah. little change in the shift time. I like that. As yeah. long as you're out of urgent care, yeah. we'll be okay. <laughs> no, as long more, as you don't, no more. You know, yeah. Nottingham pulls another one out of their the, hat. They play Arsenal, so the odds oh. of that happening are are quite slim. Are nil. Yeah. They'll, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's the extent of the soccer mm-hmm. talk for me. By the way, we're sponsored by the Chicago Wolves, the defending Calder Cup champions. Uh, they fell to Manitoba last night, five to two. They hit the road for the first time this season. They'll face the Ice Hogs in Rockford tonight. The first of twelve meetings between. <laughs> You want to talk rivals. about fostering a rivalry. That's that, how you do it. That'll do it. 12 times. All right. So Peter Morazic was injured last night. He uh, tweaked his groin mm-hmm. late in that second period, skated over the bench, said, hey, something's not right. But did Staylock and the Hawks a solid by not having Alex go in right then and there. Made it through the rest of the period. Get him ready. Allowed Staylock to get ready for the third. Uh, but it looks like, you know, the first bit of adversity. He's had this issue in the past. Yep. Arvid Soderblom has been called up from Rockford. He's been pretty good down there. Yep. So we will uh, we'll see a combo for the near future here of Staylock and Soderblom. Yeah, the Mrazic thing's unfortunate, but it is, like you said, he had had it before, so kind of buyer beware. And like we were saying earlier, you know, you want them to win. You, you, when you're, you're locked in the moment, you're aware of the rebuilds. So when you hear about something like that, you're like, that's unfortunate for him personally, but if that allows for a few more goals and a few more losses. It's not the worst thing in the world either. So this is like the there's no stakes really at all this season. So right. sorry for Morazic. I'm sure that's, you know, painful and not what he wanted, but losing your number 1 when you're trying to lose, not the worst thing in the world either. Right. So the mantra by most Blackhawks fans has been lose hard for Bedard. Mm-hmm. For obvious reasons, Connor Bedard looks like a generational player. Human highlight reel, kids, you know, 17, and he's yeah. just, he's incredible. 
But you this week made a, a declaration on social media that you're going Fantilli. I yeah, and this is something I've been kind of sitting on for a while because I, I saw him play for the you know, he played for the Steel, Steel out in Geneva where my parents are from. I've seen him there. I, I got the subscription for Flow Hockey so I can watch and I have such a nerd. But like, oh yeah, I need to watch Lake State against Michigan. What is the cost for Flow? It doesn't matter. It's it's not it's not that much, okay. but it's like, you know, you kinda get all like if you if the eight games that are on ESPN plus are not enough for you, then Flow Hockey is there for college and junior and everything else. You have to be a nerd, which you is what are I am. A huge and nerd. So I just watched that I watch Fantilli and it's just like he does everything. Yeah. He's fast. He's six three. He's got tremendous skill. He went viral last year doing the the Michigan lacrosse goal. Uh, he and he's mean. He plays heavy. He is the perfect number one center to build around. He just turned eighteen. He so he just barely missed being uh, eligible for the last draft. No question, he's the number one pick in that draft. Like he gets yeah. he gets no, taken right about that. above Slavkowski, but Dard. You know, they have that thing in junior, the exceptional status. He got it. He's put up insane numbers. I do kind of think Fantilli, if he played up there, would put up the same numbers. Not that Fantilli's numbers are bad at Michigan. He had a hat trick last night. He's at like three points a game so far for the I think season. He's doing, he's got 11 points in five. He's Something. Got, he's got it, more points than any freshman yeah. uh, in college I, history. He's, it's, and he's doing in it the in the first like five games. Dominating. Right. But, it's dominant fashion. Yeah. Are and, you in love with the the size? Part? I mean, because that's where Bedard lacks. Yeah. I mean, I, is that is is that where do you where do you push Fantilli over the top? Fantilli is a better skater. Okay. Uh, he's probably going to be better defensively. Uh, the size matters. Size if you does look, matter. if, you, if people want to say it doesn't, it does. It like it, when does. you watch the playoffs, it's the big boys are always there at the end. So it's you know the St. Louis's. You know, Minnesota Tampa. got bigger. Tampa neat like that they, was something that they, they well, let's go get Pat Maroon. Right. We need a little bit of size. So if you can get that in your your number one center, it matters. And it, everyone saw it here with Johnny Taves and Hosa. Like those are big boys with Brandon Saad. Big boys. You need some of that. And if you have Nazar and you have some of these other guys, you need some complementary pieces, uh, that or opposite pieces rather that can play different styles. And Bedard's going to be spectacular. He might score six, seven hundred goals in his career. Like he's got a shot like I like I've never seen. But he is undersized. He's not as good of a skater as Fantilli. Uh, and you know, guys skating not all developments linear. But it could be. I, I do think that it's like Bedard scores. Fantilli does more. And that's I think that that'll be. Give me the guy that's more well rounded. That I know he's going to be contributing, even if he's not on the score sheet. So, have you come up with the hashtag? Because we've got the you know suck hard for Bedard, mm-hmm. fail uh, for Fantilli. I, that's not bad. Uh, you can't spell Fantilli without L's. Yeah, that's true. I've seen someone <laughs> do. Let's get silly for for Fantilli, uh, but you know, and, and it is. I, I think. You end up with either one of them, and I'm I'm thrilled. Oh, but I mean, if, if that's the end game, yeah, uh, you know, like, do you? Let me just ask you this question: Where's your confidence level that they're going to finish in the bottom three, the Blackhawks? I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I, I think I think they're going to bums me. I mean, that, it's weird. That's that's yeah. the conflicted part. That's yeah, really. I, I think they're better than Arizona. I think they're better than Montreal. San Jose, maybe San Jose. They're, they're probably going to be right there with San Jose, but you know. San Jose, I, I think that the, I think that the West is a lot weaker than the East. If you look at that Atlantic Division, like even Detroit last night, 
there's seven teams other you know, basically everybody except for Montreal has some sort of legitimate playoff aspirations and the Metro's not much different. The Islanders, the Devils, everybody's looking to take that next step. Not too many teams are like in this tank rebuild mode, uh, at least not fully. I, I, I think I think there's going to be uh, Montreal will be the worst, and then I think it's going to some of these teams in the West. There's there's going to be points available because there's just not there's not the depth of talent in the West that there is in the East. So I, I think it's going to be Chicago is probably going to be in that three, four, five range, and then you're praying to the lottery gods. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phone lines, 312-332-3776. John in Columbus is the only one not watching the Buckeyes play right now. We appreciate him calling the hockey show. What's up, John? Uh, hey, Pat. Hey, Chief. Hey. How are you guys doing? Good. Good, man. Um, so my first question was about comparing Fantilli and Bedard and the fact that Bedard is playing on a junior team with like one other really good player, maybe another that's pretty solid, and the fact that Fantilli's playing with Dak Talent in Michigan, he's playing against Lake Superior State last night, mm-hmm. who's nowhere close to uh, the same level of competition. Do you think Bedard will be able to adjust to pro just as well as Fantilli, um, just because of that fact and what Bedard's doing with basically no help outside of Tanner Howe? Yeah, I don't necessarily agree that the – the Canadian major junior is better than NCAA hockey. Is that what you were saying? No, no. NCAA hockey, like because of the age bracket, yeah. is better. I'm just saying that Fantilli's getting easier matchups. He's playing with better teammates, and it's leading to more points that might look a little better than um, it actually is, whereas Bedard's playing with nobody. He's still putting up almost two a uh, game. I think you could put Fantilli in Regina, and he'd have basically the same amount of production. And I, I think there's something to be said about for playing in college hockey where you're going up against guys who are 23, 24 years old and how that, you know, you have to battle through guys and, and maybe, maybe the schedule is a little bit easier to manage because you're, you're playing, you know, Friday, Saturday. But I, I, I think that college hockey, I think it's basically a wash. And I know they've talked about, or at least theorized having like a, a some kind of Memorial cup that kind of is all encompassing between Canadian major junior. And now that with the NIL stuff in place that there's, it's always been a barrier, but you get USHL, NCAA, and, and uh, Canadian Major Junior. I think they're all they're all pretty comparable these days. I do think you're right about having. You know, he's got Luke Hughes, he's got some of these other guys on Michigan, but he is man, he's special. Unfortunately, he doesn't have Frankie Nazar, who yeah. uh, looks yeah. like he's done for the year. Yeah, about four months, I think they said so. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll probably wipe him out. Hey, John, how are you dealing with, you know, big picture, you're buying into the rebuild, but then you see the Hawks put up a couple of wins. Have you been a little conflicted when you watch this team? No, because I was telling Chief on his uh, postgame spaces last night, I called the Chiefs postgame show. Thank you. And I was saying, hey, if we win, I'm happy because I'm happier if the Blackhawks win. And if we lose, the top 10 of the draft is insanely stacked. So I really don't, like, I want to see progress from younger players. I like seeing Lafferty playing his butt off. Um, I want to see Reichel up at some point. So I'm doing fine with where things are at. My other question was, who's the most underrated prospect in the prospect pool? I think it's Ethan Del Mastro. This is a kid who, based on how much he's popped off offensively and him playing for Team Canada, he's a perfect balance type defenseman that Chief likes to talk about where Mm -hmm. he can step in and be a number three or four guy play amazing defense but also chip in a lot of offense when needed to all right john thanks for the call do you agree with him yeah so i i know exactly who this guy is he is a draft nut like he he actually he does his homework he knows these guys i am not as high on del mastro as as this guy is and some others when i watch him at you know in person at these development camps and things like that i don't think he skates 
at an NHL level. I think he, but he he makes up for it for his brain. He might just be one of those guys that figures it out. To me, he looks like a five six uh, at best in the NHL. Where I, I like Wyatt Kaiser. Uh, I think Wyatt Kaiser at you know Minnesota Duluth is probably a higher end guy. Um, I'm trying to think of underrated. You know, guys. you know the other thing too is I I think you have to make your decision now again. The McCars and others are are you know outside of the box and and, and they don't follow the normal trajectory. He's an of, alien. Yeah, he's an alien. But most defensemen yeah. in the National Hockey League, it's around twenty five six where they they hit their sweet spot. And two hundred I mean, games, something like you know. We're talking like, about them when they're nineteen. So yeah. it's a really difficult projection when you talk D men. Totally. Totally, and it, and it's one of those things where it's like when when I watch him in person, Del Mastro, I'm like ah, like I'm not sure that he's got the skating, and then you watch him in these different you know competitive, more competitive environments, and it's like, well, maybe he does because he always he always seems to like get you know whatever the goal is. He, you never really not necessarily notice him. I also don't necessarily agree with his take on that he has a higher offensive ceiling. I just I don't. I don't see that. I th- see him as more of a stay-at-home. He's a big body. Uh, but they have so many guys that are in the mix for those spots that it, I think whoever – it's it's going to be a war to see who can carve out an NHL role. they got like eight guys who are competing for it. Let's squeeze in Sebastian from Geneva. Uh, Sebastian, you're next on the Hockey Show. What's up? Uh, not much. How are you boys doing today? We're doing all right. Uh, uh, I'm Chief. doing better than Chief. Chief was at Urgent Care, and I'm he's fine. playing hurt. A couple of stitches. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, what beat my – this morning in uh, EPL, and uh, you know, Chief, you chiseled me out of the Twitter space last night. I was supposed to go last, and then you just said, oh, it's 11 o'clock, I'm tired, Hawks win, and then you ended it on me. So, my apologies, uh, Sebastian. That's where you, you, you got to have NBC Sports <laughs> Chicago on. We stay up and, and talk at nauseum for 45 minutes yeah. after every game. Oh, I had Forrest at 6 30 in the morning. Oh, I had to go to there bed. There you go. You had to get ready before, for his big, big morning. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian, what do you have for us? Uh, so. My question last night and today, and I'm glad I can ask this now at PB and get his thoughts. Um, and we would talk about when people call in, you know, trading Kane and uh, Domi and Double A. Um, I'm looking at other assets we can move for draft picks, and there's a logjam of young defensemen of we don't really know what they are until they get some actual minutes and playing time. Uh, you know, you look at Caleb Jones, where we've seen enough, but you look at Roos, Regula, Ian Mitchell, he comes back. Uh, Vlasic Pickles, um, and um, just want to get you guys' thoughts on how you guys would undo this law jam because I don't think there's much value for Jake McCabe right now. Would they want to move a guy like Connor Murphy? And obviously Jones is part of the rebuild, but I'll hang up. Love both your uh, both you guys' work, and uh, Chief, get better, and uh, hopefully the Irish take care of business today on Peacock for us. And I apologize. I'll make sure you're on the next one. That was my bad. Uh, Thanks, Sebastian. Thanks, Sebastian. If, if Notre Dame pulls it out, wait, you're going to like pull groin like Mrazic or something? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I might just have to put the house on him because it is like everything's going my way wrap today. Wrap you in bubble wrap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's hard to say any of those young guys that, that there is a logjam, like I, like I was saying, like he was saying. I, they don't really have any real value right now. As far as, like, wh- what do you think? Like, how, how do you how do you position? Well, like, like, what do you get for Vlasic a fourth at this point? Yeah, you know, like it's yeah, it's, you're probably better off just keeping them because they're young and cheap and right. and take a flyer. Look, I wanted to see Ian Mitchell. I I thought this was going to be a camp and an yeah. opportunity for him to see if he he sticks because he's in that that tweener totally. spot. 
They gave him pretty much all year in Rockford last year to play in every situation and, and really hone well. his game. He did very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got that wrist injury. I think he's out six weeks yeah. or so. That was at the end of September when he went on uh, the injured list. Uh, I, you know, you look at the decor right now. I mean, Jack Johnson, like, you know, like, yeah. I, I like what he's brought, but totally. did you really think that he was going to be a top pairing guy here four, five games in? I didn't know that he would be in the NHL this year. I, I, you know, you know what I mean? honestly, like, so, not, yeah. no, not an insult to him. He's had a great career, a thousand games, whatever, but it's. I, I was surprised when they brought him in. I was surprised when they brought Tenorti in. Uh, so I, I think that this is probably part of the plan where it's like. You know, we'll we'll have these kind of replacement level type guys, and and not throw our kids to the wolves. We'll put them. We'll maybe throw them literally to the Chicago Wolves. Okay, and those twelve games we're going to have against them. But I, it's more like we're going to protect them. We're going to protect Reichel. Like let them kind of grow, develop at their own pace, and not have like the bright lights and the expectations of being in the NHL. Uh, so I don't know how you undo that that log jam. I, they're going to move. They're going to move some guys. Look, if Alex yeah. DeBrincat can be moved, you know, certainly anybody yeah. not named Seth Jones can be moved yeah. from that decor. So, and and ultimately, that's probably a decision that you know Kyle will have to mm-hmm. make. If they think someone's knocking on the door and there's not a spot for him on the roster, yeah. they're going to have to find one. And by that, they're going to have to ship somebody out. Yeah, and I'd be interested to you know they they are going to have a ton of cap space coming up, especially after this you know Taze and Kane's dealer uh, deals are up. You know, Murphy and McKay both have a lot of term left. So I, I do feel like they might have a somewhat difficult time. But the cap is going up. It might be a situation where it's like, hey, we'll, we'll give you a fourth. Ah, you know what? Why don't we, why don't we eat 50% of exactly. Murphy's and we'll take a second? Okay, deal. Okay. Yeah. And then that's how that gets, gets done. I really like Connor Murphy. Okay. It's, yeah. it's, I think he's a perfect, if you're like a cup contender, a perfect number five. Like, not no like pun on his actual number, but a third pair guy. Like, plays hard, blocks shots, kills penalties, like, character. You'll love a guy like that. They're not in that place. You know who else you love? Who's that? A guy named Scott Darling. I love Darles. The uh, Stanley Cup champion will join us. He's now an analyst on NBC Sports Chicago. He's also a comedian. Uh, We'll get into that as well. It's all coming up next. It's the Hockey Show. Scott Darling joins us next. It's ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Hey now, The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 is back with Barstool Chief I and Pat Boyle. This this music sounds appropriate for the guy we're oh, bringing this in is Darl's music. This is right up Darl's alley. He is Scott Darling. He is Lamont's own. He is a Stanley Cup champion, and he joins us on the Hockey Show. How are you doing today, Darls? I'm doing swell. How are we doing, guys? Did you see what happened to uh, Chief? No. Yeah, no, I just texted him. What'd you do, dude? I, I'm just an idiot. I just got a little too... I didn't have to get a text from you. Um, I, I just texted I, you. Well, I must have bad reception. Hasn't come through. Yeah, I put my hand through the uh, light fixture on my uh, ceiling fan. So it happens. Forest won. They beat Liverpool. And so I got a little, I'm a passionate guy. So it just got a little out of control and I ended up in the urgent care. It's fine though. Three stitches. Better than than, man, you tying it up with Chelsea in the 95th minute, 20 minutes ago. I I had that actually. I had it as a 1-1 draw. I had the the Darl's exact score (laughs) bet. Like that's the way to do it. 
I learned that from you. I have you. higher feelings than you, so when I freaked <laughs> out, I, I uh, didn't get shot by anything. <laughs> we're, 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 love, we're leaving one niche sport in hockey, yeah. and we're going we're gonna to go down <laughs> the EPL. We're, we're both diehard soccer. I know, yeah. you, I know you are. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. last night when we were doing the post-game show, we, uh, you know, we thought Peter Mrazek was going to have a lower body uh, injury. Uh, it comes out it is indeed a groin injury. Same thing he dealt with uh, last year and in the past. Uh, what, you know, obviously with as athletic as you guys are in the crease, uh, it, it, that type of injury has got to be problematic, especially for goaltenders. What 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 is he looking for? What? You know what does it look like for him as far as dealing with this and trying to get it under under wraps and get back out on the ice? Well, like I don't know how bad uh, you know it was, but just speaking from experience, you know, it, it's amazing how people think for goalies like it has to be some traumatic collision or something to like get hurt. It's like no one wrong move, especially in your lower body. You know, we're doing the splits. We're Sliding around with, you know, you're on ice. There's no stability below you. Um, one little wrong move can, like, do that. So, like, for him, I think, honestly, he's going to need a little time. Like, I don't know how bad the injury is, but you don't want to rush back out onto the ice. I don't know how that doesn't happen every single save. Yeah. Where, yeah. Like, the way that you guys are moving, sliding, it looks like, oh, my God, every single second looks like something could tweak pop. I know it would in my body. I would be on IR, like, permanently if I tried to do that. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. Like, the save that he got hurt on, like, uh, somebody watching wouldn't even know. But, like, I saw it. I saw, you know, him get up a little gingerly. And, like, I'm like, oh, he slipped out on his, his left leg. And so it strained his right. And that's, like, why he hurt his groin. But... It doesn't look like it's some big thing, but like for goalies, that's kind of how it happens a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Scott Darling joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. So enter Alex Stalock, and he did a fantastic job the rest of the way in that third period in overtime. Uh, you had a story that, that happened in an outdoor game in Minnesota where you were pressed into duty. Uh, tell, tell, share us... You know, with everybody, that story and and just what it's like coming in literally cold. Okay, so I have the best story alive about coming in cold. Um, we were playing in the, I don't know if it's a Winter Classic or something, uh, but we were playing in Minnesota in like January, and I was the backup goalie, and I was the only person who didn't have a war like a heated seat, <laughs> and so. I sat there for two hours in the freezing cold, getting snowed on, and we were down four nothing. So Q thought he was doing me a favor and put me into the game. <laughs> Thanks, Q. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> I was like, I get your thought process, but you know I'm an icicle right now. Um, so I get into the game, and my first shot's a breakaway, and I did the splits. I made the save. And I couldn't get back up afterwards. So the guy just took the puck and, like, just put the rebound in with, like, no problem ever. <laughs> I was like, that's literally the coldest you could come into a game. <laughs> but just speaking of coming to a game cold, I was so impressed with Alex. But that just speaks to his career path. He's been a backup the majority of his career. And he's a pro. He knows what he's doing. He, is, you know, and luckily, like we talked about last night, Pat, like, he had the intermission to, like, get ready, maybe warm up get his head on straight and get going, but he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's a great asset for this team. 
Yeah, I mean, totally. And I feel like you should have called your union rep. Like, you can't get the backup goalie a heated seat for the Winter Classic. Like, that's that's a health concern. Chief, you should have seen these benches these guys are on. <laughs> and I was on a stool on the end of it. And they had these, like, glowing heated benches. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I know my place on this team. Okay. <laughs> where, do you, where do you stand with the emergency backup goalie situation? So what? Uh, you know, last night we had another e-bug situation mm-hmm. when, you know, Mrazek leaves, uh, you you enter Staylock. So whoever was the emergency backup up in the press box grabs his gear out of, out of his trunk. Starles, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and makes their way down to the Blackhawks dressing room, stays in there but gets ready. It's the As I said to you last night, no other professional sport has a person who – could have been punching the clock at 4.30 on Friday uh, at their normal job mm-hmm. and ends up at the United Center three hours later and could end up uh, on the ice with 18,000. Scott, Scott yeah. Foster chanting his name yeah. by the end of the night. It, it's the craziest thing. Do you think it's kind of hokey for the NHL? Should there be a, a you know more permanent or you know solid role like a third backup uh how, how do you see the whole emergency backup goalie thing well like I, I see it as uh i do think there's some like finicky rules within it like hypothetically like i couldn't be an e-bug emergency backup goalie because the rule is if you played one professional game you cannot emergency backup oh, that's disappointing um, yeah so like i just it is hokey, but, like, it's a rare occurrence, but it does happen. I can think of, like, maybe four off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And, like, Pat, we were talking about, like, I had one in Philadelphia when uh, Corey's appendix blew up, and I had to go in, and we had a Zamboni driver from across town come in for a noon game against the Flyers. But when you take a step back thinking outside of, like, how serious, like, the game is, seeing these guys, like the story of Scott Foster, the story of the, the kid who came in, and got to, like, dress for the Blackhawks, be in the locker room, take warm-ups, and, like, the look on his face, like, I was so happy for him. Like, what an experience. Like, you know, so I think it's great. Yeah, I think it happens so rarely that it is, and it's so cool. Like, you know, it's not going to change anyone, like, the trajectory of anyone's season. So, like, who cares? Let's have a cool moment. Yeah. And uh, I think it's it's great. Chief's going to go to the United Center tomorrow and watch the uh, Kraken take on the Blackhawks. He's going to bring his skates and his gear. I am so retired. Have you seen Chief's skates? (laughs) No, I haven't (laughs) seen it recently. No, I have not. Have you seen Darl's skate recently? He needs one of those little penguin things to push around. I'm going to put out the highlights from the Chicklets Cup. I'm going to put out. Don't make me do it, Scott. I will put out those highlights. (laughs) Uh, I got got a more important question for you. I have a way more important question for you. You Pat and I were like kind of planning out the show. And we're like, oh, who should we get for a guest? We said Darl's. And then before I could be like, hey, like, yeah, I'll just text him. He had already texted you. So am I getting squeezed out? And are you guys now better friends than you and I are? (laughs) I mean, we work together. Well. I have to see this guy every. We just spent the whole day together. I know. Where have you been? I feel like I'm getting the squeeze out. I'm getting the squeeze. Yeah, I'll squeeze you out. You're getting squeezed. <laughs> You're getting squeezed. <laughs> I sounded like Seinfeld right there. <laughs> well, his life is a Seinfeld episode. He's now walking around with his middle finger bandaged up, and he's just flipping everybody all, off. All like these people on State Street are like, "What's this guy's problem?" Jackass. Uh, by the way, our producer Charlie Bevins also is a bartender at Zany's, so he sees you all the time. 
uh, as you uh, as you come in and you're aspiring comedian. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about it on the television side, but for those that haven't heard on radio, what what is the most challenging part of this new occupation? Um, being funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, challenging part is it's it's work, man. It's a lot of work. It's um, you know, going out trying jokes, you know, in front of 10 people, you know, just, it, it's a grind. And then, you know, then you have your, you know, theater shows and all this stuff that those are easy. Those are the people are paying to laugh. Like, you know, you got your routine, no big deal. But then, but most nights you're going out just practicing, trying new stuff in front of other comedians. And it, it could be like a blow to your, like, you know, uh, will, but I always just think, I think about it as the way I focus on hockey. It's like, I took a lot of blows to my confidence in hockey, but I, I mean, me, you can't, you can't break me down. Like I have perseverance through, through the roof. So I focus the same way on comedy as I did in hockey. It's like, I have my nights, I have my bombs where it's like, my jokes don't land, whatever. I don't lose sleep over it. I just want to go back out and do it again and again and again. Chief, you see me. You saw me do it when I was still brutal. Early, you know. I but I didn't think you were brutal. Actually, I thought it was like, oh, like I was. I, I was totally expecting you to be brutal. I'm like, I'm going to go and be a good friend and support him. He's at a bar right down the street from me, uh, but he's going to be terrible. I'm going to tell him he's good. But then you were actually good. So and the best one there. So yeah. I was like, oh, maybe he's yeah, actually but, got a future in this. But you haven't seen me since. No, I know. There's a whole new, there's a whole new Scott Duffer. We're not friends anymore. You're friends with Pat Boyle. <laughs> I actually yeah, saw him a couple weeks ago. Me. Yeah. yeah. Do you, where were you? As we wrap up, uh, you got any uh, stand-up gigs that uh, folks here in Chicago can uh, check you out at? You yeah, it? House of Blues, the, November 1st. Zanies, the 3rd, 4th, and 5th. House of Blues, November 8th. Um, come out, support, and if you don't think I'm funny, you still have to laugh. <laughs> there you go. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Uh, at NBC Sports Chicago. We'll be on with the pregame show at 1230. Scott, as always, thanks for uh, making time for us, and uh, we'll see you on TV tomorrow. Thanks, Scotty. All right, let's go. Coming up, Barstool Chief has a, a new workout regimen that it only could come from Chief. That's next. It's the Hockey Show. You're listening to The Hockey Show. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Back on The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. Wolves hit the road tonight for the first time, and they'll face the Rockford Ice Hogs. First of a dozen meetings between the two rivals. Thanks to Charlie Bevins and Kendra Smith, the... Behind the glass, thanks to Scotty Darling for joining us. We'll be on at noon next week. Uh, Chief came up with a, I guess you'd call it a healthy way to deal with the struggling teams that mm-hmm. he roots for. And that group is Notre Dame, Blackhawks, Bears, Nottingham, you Cubs. Name it. Cubs. Basically anything that I look to to bring me joy has failed me. Yes. So that's where I am. And right. even when they do bring you joy, like this morning. That was like God being like, don't get that happy. Check yourself. Yeah, yeah. Check yourself. Yeah. Do you not get the message that I don't want this for you. So what have you come up with? So it's been a rough, uh, I would say, four years on the uh, on the old health front for me. So I just needed motivation and, and a way to like make myself work out. And it's just like, you know, anytime I get angry at one of my teams or disappointed by something that they do. 
I'm just going to crank out 10 push-ups. And last Saturday was the first day I did that. So I started the day with Nottingham Forest, loss, Notre Dame, horrendous loss against Stanford. And then I had... So, like, if it, Notre Dame throws a pick, then you're down on the hit floor. The floor. Like, wait, hitting the floor. I guess my question is, what is bad? Obviously, a loss is not good, but, like... Yeah, like, I, for that Hawks game against San Jose, I thought they had one very bad defensive breakdown where they just had five guys watching the puck on one side of the ice. I hit the floor. Dude, you should have been doing this two years ago with I their porous would defense. be a bodybuilder. You would just be <laughs> jacked. So, like, I, I'm going to be, like, the most ripped guy on the internet. Uh, but then, like... Today, someone was like, how many push-ups did you do for Forrest today? I'm like, they won. I'm getting a pint, yeah. pint of Jenny's tonight. Like, it kind of goes the other so way. How is the middle finger that has a few stitches in it, how's that going to affect this routine? Uh, it's going to be tough, but I'm a warrior. So I, I'm, oh, dedicated, I I'm yeah. dedicated to the craft. So Notre Dame plays UNLV today. Duncan Keith over here. Yeah, Notre Dame's got UNLV. I'm sure that there will be moments in that game where I'm going to have to hit the floor, and I'll just try to make the best of it. So I'll tell you what, man. You're, I, I love following you on Twitter. Uh, obviously, all of your fans are pretty, but like, this is fantastic. This is a great way to channel frustration. Yes. I, I mean, I've cracked a code. You all of America should have. be doing this, at least right. all of Chicago. Like, seriously, what? how better to get over, like, just say Justin Fields goes out and lays an egg on Monday night, but you're walking into work Tuesday morning, and and, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden over, you know, at the coffee machine, they're like, oh, I don't know. Have you seen, have you seen Ryan? Yeah. So I, I, I that Saturday, from between the Notre Dame and the Blackhawks, I did 150. God. And I was very sore. <laughs> like I woke <laughs> up Sunday, I'm like, oh, that's right. right. That's what happens. You get sore muscles from doing workouts. Well, this is a great public service, so we'll yep. see how long this lasts. All year long. Way to, way to get, gut through this show mm-hmm. with the finger. Uh, we're on next week at noon. Coming up next, it's White Sox Weekly. Blackhawks back in action. Trying to make it three in a row. I didn't think I'd Streaking. say that. Streaking. Streaking, baby. Uh, they'll be on the west side tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Face off. Get to the United Center. Watch the game on NBC Sports Chicago. We'll have the pregame show at 1230. We'll catch you next time on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000.